right, all right. Well, we've got a special guest this morning. We've got Mike Benson here to give the good word fresh back in the country. So that's good. So I'm going to make it short. Hey, if it is your first time, if it's your first time, we want to welcome you. This is Men's Breakfast. We're here because we believe that we can we could come together and we could grow and we could sharpen each other and we can impact our families and our world by just drawing closer to God and drawing closer to each other. So we want to welcome you if it's your first time. Make sure you get to know the guys at your table. Uh, share, share your name with them, maybe, maybe a little bit of your story. Uh, we got a couple announcements. If, if it is your first time or it's your second or third or right around there, we do what's called a challenge, a six-week challenge. We want to see you here six weeks. When you get that sixth week, we've got a journal for you. Uh, so if you're close, keep pushing. If it's your first time, you've got a goal. Looking forward to get there. Um, also, on April 16th, that's two weeks from today, we've got Greg Molchon coming. He's going to be bringing a good word. So we're excited about that. At the middle of your tables or somewhere around the center of your tables, because I didn't put them exactly in the middle, probably. I didn't measure it out, but there's a basket. And that basket's there. Um, there's a couple things in there, but one of the things we want to do is we want to offer you an opportunity to sow into what God's doing in this house, through this ministry, through Resurrection Life Church in the world. Uh, so you have an opportunity to sow financially in. I'm going to go ahead and pray. If you brought, if you brought um, uh, a tithe or something to, to sow in, go ahead and, and do that. The breakfast is free, but we, uh, we encourage you to give to to allow God to accomplish what he wants to accomplish here. So let's pray. After that, Mike will be up and he'll be sharing with us. So if you would, uh, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to sow into your kingdom. Lord, we believe that you're doing a good thing in this house and we just want to partner with it. And we thank you, Lord, for, for who you are and what you're doing. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, hopefully I don't fall asleep on anybody. The jet lag is uh, still rearing its head. Um, I just got back from Pakistan, and uh, it was a very fruitful trip. We had uh, 66,550 people make decisions for Jesus Christ. And uh, we had so many healings and deliverances that I, I can't even count them all. But the really cool thing is, is that we were on uh, Shine Star TV, which is one of the only Christian television stations in the region, let alone Pakistan. And we had an average viewership of uh, all of our meetings. Uh, we did uh, leadership conferences uh, with uh, 2,500 plus uh, leaders and uh, um, pastors. And uh, we had an average viewership of about 10 million people uh, at each of our, so yeah. It, it, it was a trip not without its opposition, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, a lot of uh, attacks um, of sickness and stuff, but, and people were always like, you know, don't you, uh, you know, we're, we're praying for your safety. And I was like, don't pray for my safety, pray for revival. You know, uh, men of God are supposed to be dangerous. We're supposed to be dangerous to the enemy. We're, when we wake up in the morning, the enemy should go, oh, no, he's up again. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, we, we've got a great, we planted five churches while we were there. Um, so there's continued fruit going on. And uh, we're planning a trip to go back next year. Uh, we're going to continue to go to that nation as well as some other. Some doors open for us to possibly go to Iraq. 
Uh, so we're, we're, we're looking at going there um, and uh, kicking the enemy in his teeth. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I live for. He ruined my life, and my, my BC days were a product of, of his lies and deception, and now I get some payback, you know, make him pay. <laughs> so I want to talk to you guys this morning about, uh, you know, can I get a witness? What does it mean to be a witness for Jesus Christ? Um, and we're going to get into some scriptures here in a minute, but the definition of a witness is an attestation of a fact or event, one that gives evidence, specifically one who testifies in a cause or before a judicial tribunal. One has to be present at a transaction so as to be able to testify to its having taken place. One who has personal knowledge of something Something serving as evidence or proof, i.e. a sign. There's basically two ways of witnessing, and Jesus, the ultimate witness, uh, is our role model. And as disciples of Jesus, we are supposed to mimic what he did. And his main two ways of being a witness was through proclamation and demonstration. But he did about 35% more demonstration than he did proclamation. In Matthew 24, 14, this is in New King James, says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. In the Passion Translation, it says, Yet through it all, this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. After this, the end of the age will arrive. John 5.36 in the New King James Version says, But I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And in the Passion Translation, but he says, I can provide a more substantial proof of who I am that exceeds John's testimony, my miracles. The, these works which the Father destined for me to complete, they prove that the Father has sent me. Jesus basically said, hey, if you don't believe my words, at least believe the evidence of the miracles that I'm sent by the Father. Um, we can either do good deeds in his name or his deeds done through us. I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, witnessing, it's good to proclaim. It's good to tell people about Jesus. Amen? It's good. Tell people about Jesus. The best way you can witness is your own story. Because nobody, no, 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 nobody can discount your own story. Hey, this is what my life was. This is, you know, this is my BC days. This is, this is the moment that, that, that I had a revelation of who Jesus was, made it personal. He came into my life. This is the changes that he's made in my life. That is by far the best way. It's the most authentic way to witness. Now, you can stand on the corner with a bullhorn and tell people to repent or they're going to burn in hell. I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> is it true? Yeah, it's true. But is it effective? And... Uh, but I'm here to tell you the most effective way that you can witness to people is let Jesus be Jesus through you. Let him do through you what only he can do. Uh, we were in Australia, and uh, we were in a billabong store. And we were walking through the store, and, and uh, you know, I don't go out looking for people. I just, 
I just, if the Holy Spirit says, hey, I highlight somebody to me, I'll, I'll just, okay. And he highlighted this girl to me. Um, her name was uh, Keely, and she had a crazy tattoo. This was the coolest tattoo I've ever seen. It was like an Indian thing on her thigh, and I walked up, and I said, that is a cool tattoo. How long did it take? Started talking to her, and I got a word of knowledge for, for her, and uh, I said, <clears throat> I said uh, you, you, you got it all together on the outside. You're smiling and stuff, but you're about ready to crack on the inside, and the, the whole look on her face changed, and I said, there's a dream that you've been been pursuing since you were a little girl and you've given up hope on it because you think it's never going to come to pass. And she started tearing up and, and I said, is that correct? Is that right? And she just like, yeah. And I said, the reason that dream is not coming to pass is because Jesus put that dream in you and without him, you'll never see it happen. And she says, well, how, how, how do I do that? How do I, how do I connect with Jesus? I said, you surrender your life to him. And we prayed, and she gave her heart to Christ right there in the middle of the billabong store. Yeah. It's that easy. Now, now I could have went up to her and said, hey, you know, we're doing an evangelist. Well, yeah, you know Jesus loves you and start quoting scripture. And I could have done that. That would have been good. There wouldn't have been anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But Jesus, I, let, I, I stepped aside and let him do what he does best. Mm, 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 mm. If Jesus was born in America, he'd be from Missouri. The show me state. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. Is this gospel powerful or is it not? Do we live like the gospel is powerful or do we not? That's the question we got to ask ourselves. Is this a book full of words or is this the living word of God? And do we live our lives as though it's true? And can other people see the gospel in us? The best sermon anyone will ever hear or see is the one that you live daily. Mm -hmm. People are watching you. If you name yourself a Christian, they're watching you. They want to see, is this the real deal? And, 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 you know, unfortunately in the church, we've been a lot of times get the impression that we have to be perfect. No, no. <laughs> There's not, not a person in this room who's perfect. But we have to demonstrate humility, demonstrate what it is to be an imperfect person living with a perfect God inside of them. Mm. John 10, 25 says, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Passion translation, Jesus answered them, I have told you the truth already and you did not believe me. The proof of who I am is revealed by all the miracles that I do in the name of my Father. You see, when you are able to allow the Holy Spirit to move through you and do what only he can do, there's no denying that. I mean, we were in, uh, we stayed at the Marriott in uh, Karachi, Pakistan, and it was, it was kind of, I've never been in a whole, I've been in plenty of Marriott's, but not one like this. It was an armed fortress. I mean, there was machine gun nests on the roof corners, three layers of securities, guys with AK-47s everywhere. And, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting there, well, they, they got all this security for a reason. <laughs> and uh, we'd be in there, and of course, uh, we went right for the staff. You know, we'd be talking to the staff, and 
and uh, the the host or maitre d or whatever, and he had a back issue, and and you know he's a Muslim guy, and I could have debated with him. I could have said, you know, uh, you know the Bible's uh, true, the Quran is not, all that other stuff. But I just said, hey, you, you got something wrong with your back? And he's like, oh, how'd you know? I said, Jesus, he wants a relationship with you. He's ready to prove it by healing your back right now. And he just kind of looked at me puzzled. I said, can I pray for you? Yeah. Prayed for him, his back was healed. <laughs> you know? I mean, you can't deny stuff like that. I, I, I don't have anything within myself outside of my relationship with Jesus Christ to heal anybody. And neither do you. But you have the healer inside of you. Your spirit joined with Jesus' spirit. The scripture says he was joined in the Lord as one spirit with him. I don't know everything, but the one who knows everything is within me. And if we're listening and if we're willing to take risk, if we're willing to step out of our own comfort zone, if we're willing to risk embarrassment, then we'll be able to do exploits that they talk about in the scripture, the mighty exploits of God. I mean, I just came for a country, from a country where they burn Christians alive for messing up and saying the wrong words to Muslims. And we're here in America, the most freest country, the most gospel-saturated nation in the entire planet, and yet we're afraid that we might be embarrassed because we're witnessing for Jesus? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And in the Acts 4.33, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. You can't be a witness to resurrection without a demonstration of resurrection power. We are supposed to have firsthand knowledge that Jesus is alive. He, the grave couldn't hold him. He's no longer dead. He's alive. As a matter of fact, let me show you he's alive. <laughs> Jesus is like, put your money where your mouth is. So there's two hindrances to witnessing. Basically two hindrances to witnessing. One, the way we see others. And two, the way we see ourselves. That's usually what the hindrances are. Treat people the way God sees them, not according to their behavior, because that's how he treats us. If God were to treat us according to our behavior, it wouldn't be good. Thank God for his grace, his mercy. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. But yet we tend to treat others according to their behavior, but we go to God and we want him to treat us according to grace. Hmm. If we can't see ourselves the way he sees us, we'll, we don't have an ability to see others the way he sees them. We confess we are saved and thankful for his forgiveness, but our self-image is often inconsistent with his work on our behalf. Our beliefs about ourselves often deny his work of redemption. You have to believe who the Bible says you are so that you can tell other people how God sees them. We're not just old sinners saved by grace. We're sons of God. We're sons of the light. We are light in this world. 
We're above and not beneath. We're the head, not the tail. We have power. We can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. There is nothing that the enemy or the world or your own flesh can throw in your way that you do not have the power to overcome. Not only overcome, but make a demonstration of it. We have to see ourselves as redeemed in order to bring redemption to others. Galatians 3.13, Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs or is crucified on the tree. So you can tell when you're in the law mentality, something that we've all been redeemed from, is when you're weighing where you're at with God according to your behavior. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these hyper-grace guys that say you can go out and sin and it's all good. No, Uh, sin will kill you, okay? Sin will kill you. It kills. But the more you focus on your behavior, the more law-driven you become. It's the way you become. If you messed up, sinned real bad, did something really stupid, or you know your conscience convicts you, and you're like, oh, man, and, and, and you feel you have to work your way up to get back into a right position with God, that's the law mentality. Or if you're doing really good and you haven't sinned and you think you're, you kind of get a little puffed up and say, man, I must be really be doing with God, good with God, that's the law also. <laughs> You get your focus off of your behavior and get your focus on Jesus, then it'll be fruit from the relationship. It's not about do, not do, do, not do. It's all a bunch of doo-doo. All right? It's about who you are and whose you are. Living every day in vital union with him. Getting up, is Jesus your Lord or is he just your Savior? I mean, there's a lot of days where he is just my savior. I'm just going to be honest with you. My, my aim in the recent months and, and last year is to live like he's my Lord. That means I get up and I don't do what Mike wants to do. I ask him, what do you have me to do today? And I don't like to do that because he likes to mess up my plans. <laughs> But Lord, I got to go here and do this. Now I want you to go over here and do this. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Our own understanding can be our worst enemy. The way we see things, the way we perceive things. Dying to self. Mm, so there's only two things we need to witness. Only two. And you've got one of them. Acts 4, 29 through 30. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is in the Passion Translation, the same verse of Scripture. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, 
Jesus. We only need boldness and speech. They were threatened by the government at the time. The Pharisees were the government. The, the Romans were, were in charge, but they basically gave the Pharisees uh, jurisdiction to run their own. And they were threatened. They were beaten first. And then threatened and say, do not preach in this name ever again or we will kill you. Basically, the country we just came from is the churches. Is, is got it a little bit better, but they came out of that. They're just coming out of that, where if you preach the name of Jesus Christ, they would kill you. And there are many thousands of our brothers and sisters who literally gave their lives for the gospel. And so what is their reaction? Well, we better not do that. We better not rock. We better not make any waves. Mm-mm. Oh, no, we better, we better calm down. After all, you got to use wisdom. Huh. No, they went and said, do you hear their threats, Lord? Give us boldness that we can preach your gospel more by stretching out your hand to perform signs and wonders. As Jesus walked on this earth, so are we to walk. And this is not just for preachers and evangelists. This is for every believer. We are all supposed to walk on this earth just like Jesus walked. People, people, my, my, some people in my own family say, man, I mean, are you sure you want to go over there? I, I mean, it's, I said, look, the scripture says he shows us things to come. I've went to him several times. I do not have a martyr's call on my life. I don't. We're going to go over there. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to demonstrate the gospel, and I'm going to be home. That's what's going to happen because he shows me things to come. Jesus was about to be stoned and thrown off the side of a cliff. There was a mob right there, and he walked through them, and they could not touch him. When you are walking in the will of God, it is the safest place on the face of the planet to be. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Yeah, that sounds good, but do we live that way? Do we live that way? Heck, we're afraid of getting in trouble at work. Better keep it down. Better keep that Jesus stuff under your... Under your now, I'm not saying you to go and, you know, if, if you're not led to. Huh? Get some sinkers and throw them in your pocket. Now you're led to. <laughs> Just a couple sinkers. I'm led to, man. <laughs> And the other one was, well, you, you better not go over there unless you got a word from God. You better be sure you got a word from God, brother, before you go over there. I got a word, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I got plenty of word. I got four gospels full of word that tells me to go out there and preach the gospel to the nations. I don't need a revelation. I don't need a special word. I just need to be obedient to the scripture. Hmm. Mm -mm. so I'll just tell you a couple stories <laughs> um, you know I, I was sitting back and, and uh, I think it was my daughter my daughter asked me um, when was the very first time that, that God ever performed a miracle through you and I, and I racked my brain, and I, and I said, oh, I know when it was. It was when I was in Jackson Prison, 
Uh, from, for those of you who don't know my story, I spent 11 years in prison. Uh, I got my first bank robbery when I was 16, um, or illegal withdrawal from a financial institution. <laughs> I want to put a white collar bend to it. <laughs> and uh, I did five years, got out, uh, went into crime as a career, got involved with organized crime, got, went into it as a career choice, not a good move and uh, got rearrested and, and was facing life in prison. And uh, shortly after I was rearrested, I, I, I gave my life to Jesus. A um, couple months after that, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, and, and it was on then. Yeah, ain't no fun when a rabbit's got the gun. And uh, I started causing havoc for the enemy everywhere that I could. And I'll never forget, there was this guy, because I worked out a lot, you know, and I, I was in the weight, weight pit a lot, and I was in a level two in Jackson. It was a medical facility, and I was a porter, so I had a lot of freedom. I could go everywhere, up and down the galleries and everything. And there was this guy, he was a real tall, he was an Indian guy, and he'd always be asking me, you know, about my, how I did my workouts and stuff like that. And, and I looked at him, and I, he looked like he was pretty big, you know. And I says, how come I don't ever see you out in the weight pit? He says, oh, I can't, I can't. Um, he says, he says uh, um, I got this medical issue. I says, really? He says, yeah, I got this, this tumor. It's on my brain stem. And he says, I was at another facility, and any, any time I, I stress myself, it puts pressure on my brain stem, and then I, I blank out. And so this guy had been working out at another facility, and, the, and something happened, and, and he just starts going like this. You know, his eyes start blinking, and his hands go like that, and he just walks anywhere. Well, he walked right into the perimeter, right into the fence. And, you know, they jumped on him, and he gave him an attempted escape charge. And, uh, and then he went to another facility, and he did the same thing. And he's, they're asking, what the heck is wrong with you, man? Are you dumb? You're going you're gonna to be being here for life. You keep doing this. He said, I don't know what's going on. I just blank out. So then they finally start saying maybe there's something to it. So long story short, they find out he's got this tumor on his brainstem. And uh, he says, yeah, in a couple of weeks, they're going to do surgery to remove it. I said, oh, where are they sending you, the U of M? He said, no, they're going to do it here. I was like, what? <laughs> now... Something tells me the medical doctor at the Michigan State Prison did not have aspirations of working there when he started medical school. <laughs> Something happened along the way. <laughs> well, we can't kick you out of the career, but we'll, we'll let you work over here. <laughs> and you're going to operate on your brainstem? And the Holy Spirit says, no, they're not. I'm going to. And I says, woo, you go, God. And I'm going to use you to do it. And I said, what, Me? Holy Spirit says, I want you to pray for him. I want you to curse that thing. He's going to be healed. I'd like to say I just, you know, with great boldness, stepped out and told him what the Lord told me. But it took me three days to get up the nerve to approach him about the subject. I approached him and I said, where are you, you know, where are you at with God and stuff? He said, oh, I'm Catholic and all that. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and I says, well, if you meet me on the yard tomorrow, I want to talk to you about something. He's like, all right, all right. So I met him out in the yard, and I had all my scriptures. I had about 15, 20 scriptures all lined up. And, and I was telling him, you know, reading him all these scriptures and, and, and just telling him all this stuff. And, 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 and he's just sitting there looking at me, you know, kind of like get to the point. <laughs> and, and I says, I, if I pray for you, I believe the Lord might heal you. Can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah. And I laid my hand on him. Man, I laid like a, like a sermon prayer down, you know. 
I cursed and bound and did all this stuff and because I was thinking that the more I did, I'd conjure up his power more. And then we said, amen. I said, do you feel anything? He said, no. I said, all right, all right, yep, praise God, see ya. Pew, I got out of there. And I avoided him. Uh, about a week later, I was outside in the yard, and he came up to me, and he had his workout gloves on, and he was sweating. And he said, I've been looking for you. Where you been? It's a big prison. There's thousands of people in there. He's like, where you been? And I said, oh, I've been around. <laughs> I've been avoiding you like the plague. <laughs> And he says, well, I went in for my pre-op. And they, they did a scan. And they said the tumor on my, on my brainstem, it, it decreased in size by half. And I was like, oh, praise God. And all of a sudden, I was like, yeah, that's my Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So I told you. <laughs> and he says, I can, I can work out now. And they want to take, take scans over it over the next few months because they've never seen a tumor like this die before. That was the first time God ever used me to do. And then the second time was a guy broke his leg. <laughs> and uh, the Lord had me pray for his leg, and the Lord healed a broken leg. Now, none of that would have happened if I wouldn't have had the boldness to step out and be obedient. That's, that's all it takes is to step out. I wasn't Evangelist Mike Benson. I was 209626. I was another file in the pile. If I would have at that time got out, nobody would have let me get in their pulpit. They wouldn't have, they would have said, who is this guy? I was somebody who had enough faith to step out, take a risk, and be obedient to what the Holy Spirit told me to do. Every one of you have the same Holy Spirit in you that I have in me. The same power. And let me tell you, he is anxiously waiting to move through you. He wants to. And there are people, you know, I went to uh, Power and Love uh, this last summer. And I was in there and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, Mike, you're a really good professional Christian. And I said, what, Lord? What are you talking about? He said, oh, yeah, you'll move in the gifts of the Spirit when you're in the pulpit or you're preaching somewhere. But when you're in the grocery store, you could care less about the people dying around you. Man, that cut me to the heart. I was on my face, snot ball, crying in the middle of that place, repenting before the Lord. Because it was true. I was a good professional Christian. Oh, yeah, I'd move in the Holy Spirit when I'm in the pulpit. But in the grocery store, I didn't witness to nobody, didn't do anything. I had lost my first love. Hmm. And then so I said, okay, Lord, that's it. Gloves are off. They're off. You highlight them, I'm getting them. So now nobody's safe. <laughs> nobody's safe. It don't matter where I'm at. It doesn't matter. Secretary of State. When I went to the Pakistani consulate to get our uh, visas, I mean, I'm, I'm in there trying to get a visa to go to an Islamic nation. And the Lord tells me, there's an employee in there I want you to pray for. And I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to get in there. I don't want him to kick me out before I even get in there. So I went in there, and there's two guys sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and, and I'm nervous, man. I'm just like, dude, I'm sitting here trying to get a visa to let me go. What are you going over there? Don't just tourism. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go over there and evangelize and get Muslims one to Jesus. 
yeah, that would go over well. So I went up to this guy, his name was Aziz, and I said, hey, this may sound really funny to you, but I believe I'm here today because I'm supposed to pray for somebody who's having issues with their pain in their body. And he's like, I do, I, I have in my back, and next thing you know, I'm praying for him, he gets healed, then another guy comes in there, he gets healed. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, you ain't right, man. <laughs> you just ain't right. <laughs> He is always going to have you in the area of risk. Always. You get comfortable, get ready. He's going to have you risk. And, 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 and un unfortunately, the only risk you're going to be in in this country is your reputation. Now, I've had plenty of people to tell me to F off. I have. They flip me the bird and say, ah, get the F away from me and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, say no thank you and all that. And, you know, I've looked like a fool in front of people. But who cares? Who cares? Who cares what, you th what people think about you, what you look like? Because one day we're going to stand before him. We're going to stand before him, and he's not going to, I'm not going to be able to stand there and say, I did everything perfect. I was a sinless uh, uh, believer. I never messed up. But I am going to be able to stand there and say, I did everything you told me to do. And I wasn't afraid of you, and I dang sure wasn't ashamed of your name. I am going to be able to say that because I'm not ashamed of his name. I don't, I don't care where I'm at, where we're at. And so I want to pray for everybody this morning. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to give you an impartation of boldness because that's what they prayed for. They prayed that, that the Lord would grant to them boldness. So there's, a, there's an impartation from the Holy Spirit of boldness. So if you're ready to receive it and you're going to do something with it, stand up right where you're at because the Holy Spirit is going to give you. But if you're not, don't, don't get up. Reach your hands up. Holy Spirit. You're so good. <laughs> Manifest yourself among your men. I declare an impartation of boldness to rise up within each and every man who stands before you. Boldness that comes from heaven. Boldness of the Holy Spirit. Not only to proclaim your word, but to let you demonstrate yourself through them. Father God, let it rise up within them. Let it burn like a fire in their hearts. Let them be consumed with the fire of God. Right now, right now, Holy Spirit. Have your way, right now, right now. Move, move. Some of you feel Warmth in your hands. Wave your hands at me if you feel warmth in your hands. Yeah. You feel, you feel heat in your hands? You feel it? Yeah. That's a healing anointing. How many of you feel tingling in your lips? Like a tingling sensation. Wave your hands at me. Yeah. You feel that? You feel tingling in your lips? That's an anointing to preach. 
That's an anointing to preach more, Jesus. More, more, more. Manifest yourself. More, more. How many of you feel it in your feet? Wave your hands at me. You feel, yeah, you, you do back there? King, you do? Who else feels it in their feet? Randy, you feel it in your feet? That's a call to the nations. The Holy Spirit's calling you to nations. He's training you. He's been training you. This is what the word of the Lord says. He's been training you for a season. And your season is coming to an end. Because soon he's going to unleash you into a new level. And you're going to go to nations. You've been sent. And when you go, he's going to unlock and unleash things in you and on you. Ooh, it's going to be good. Those of you who have burning in your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.